0: Yeah, we're on. No doubt. Grouse. No, grouse. <laughs> Welcome, Gary Jahal. Thank you. You do have a nice voice. Do, pe- do girls have girls ever said that to you?
1: They
2: have actually.
0: Yeah, it is. It's very nice. <laughs> I don't know what to describe it to, but it's like um, it's soothing. It's yeah, nice.
2: That's good. I like it. I got someone told me that, I got really shy. You were right. But like, I love it as well.
0: That's no, good. Thanks for coming in, man. No doubt. Thanks for having me. Um. What's on the hat? What does that say? Ah, Sh- show everyone. A <laughs> it's I, like is that Japanese or am I being racist?
2: <laughs> I think it's supposed to look Japanese. It's is this brand called the Anti Order, ah. and they just make funny weird shit. And you know, I like just like the way it looks.
0: All oh, right, so that's not uh, any sort of language.
2: Nah, it's like it's sort of like the A that they use. Okay, like on the side on the side here it says Anti.
0: Okay, was is that a brand? Yeah, it's like a British streetwear band, brand. Oh, all right, br- yeah. yeah, right. I Fuck. love that shit. Yeah, yeah, it's good stuff. Is that all they do? Just hats? No, <laughs> they do like jackets, shirts. Is that jacket jeans. the same as well? No, that's a
2: Ben Sherman, I think. A Ben but Sherman. <laughs> you know your brands, man. <laughs> I know. Surprisingly vain, <laughs> but but this T-shirt, it's a black Sabbath T-shirt, but it's for te- I got it for ten bucks from nice. Singapore. Nice. And in Singapore, this has no street cred really because everyone knows where you get it from you get it from Peninsula plaza that's where you get all the knockoff t-shirts right but over here it's like oh shit black sabbath is cool over there it's like fuck. it's like getting a target t-shirt you know
0: (laughs) yeah right yeah because they did that with uh cotton on released you know cotton on Mm. they released a whole heap of uh uh, heavy metal t-shirts oh yeah i heard about that for like 10 bucks
2: and then people got really angry
0: yeah because i had a whole heap of metallica t-shirts Heavy metal t-shirts from the '80s, but my mum threw them out because my mum was um, she's very religious. You know, she's a Greek lady, so she saw Satan on every t-shirt. She's like, "You're not fucking wearing that." <laughs> so she she threw them out, and uh, they would have been worth a lot of money now. Oh, Vintage yeah. heavy metal t-shirts. Did she ever do this? No, we weren't allowed to do that because apparently that was like a a, a, a six, six, <laughs> and a six. So that's the, apparently that's the devil's number. So mum, we weren't allowed to do that.
2: Because didn't wasn't it Dio who said that was he got it from his grandma and that's how you stop the evil eye? She used to do this.
0: I think it's slightly different. I could be wrong, but I think that is rock on, <laughs> right? The I know other that's one, like the thumb out. We have something similar. Like Greek customs have something similar, but we I think we do something else with the forefinger comes across somehow. I've seen mm-hmm. my mum do it. Yeah, actually, JC, the man himself, is in a is in a not a photo. I was going to say photo. <laughs> He's in an icon picture where he does that to ward off evil spirits. That Jesus Christ, something that? like that. But he does something similar. Yeah,
2: yeah. Man, he's
0: metal. He's hardcore. Yeah, he is. Uh, are you? Are you guys like? Were you raised with a superstitious parents, like religious or superstitious? Yeah, not yeah. really religious. My
2: mom, my mom um, was suppo- so Sikh by birth, right?
0: Yeah. So just to backtrack quickly, you were you were born in Singapore. In Singapore, yeah. But the same way i was born in australia with greek parents you mm. were born in singapore with indian parents yeah yeah. right but you. my
2: mom <clears throat> my mom and dad were born in singapore in indonesia yeah but they lived my mom lived in like singapore malaysia india so like all over the place but basically yeah indian why did she
0: move around a lot like, her father moved
2: around a lot was he in the
0: military no,
2: he oh. was uh, an accountant, so like super, <laughs> okay. super not military. Okay. So but, oh, but traditional Indian job, definitely. So why was he <laughs> bouncing around a lot? I don't know. He just got to travel for work. And he actually um, apparently got a chance to move to Australia in like the 60s. And he said no. He said he, he wanted to stay in India. And my mom still regrets it till this day. Mm. She's like, why the fuck didn't we leave?
0: Is there, would she have preferred Australia? Fuck uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah? Yeah, definitely. But
2: isn't Singapore pretty cool? I mean, it is, but also, like, middle class here is way more awesome than middle class there. You guys, um, you put a, you put a lot of value on, on leisure, free time. There's, like, a sin. You know, you take a day off, how dare you? You're weak. You're not working hard enough.
0: The culture. Yeah, unless
2: you're killing yourself. Like, what's this... The first time I ever took a vacation that was longer than a week, I felt so guilty. (laughs) It was my Australian ex-girlfriend who, we went to Thailand for two weeks. To me, that was nuts. I was like, one week is enough. She was like, no, I was going to go for a month, but we'll just go for two weeks instead. And to me, that was craziness.
0: Is that, is it Singalese?
2: Uh, Singlish, like the Singaporean language.
0: I was going to say, is that Singaporean or Singalese? Is that what so
2: Sinhalese is the Sri Lankan language, I think.
0: Okay, so Singaporean, right?
2: Um, there's it, there's sort of like Singlish, which is basically like pidgin English. It's like our version of Cockney.
0: All right. Yeah. I'm just trying to work out the the culture, the the hmm. ethos of Singapore. Um, yeah. Where does that is that just ingrained in their culture, or is that uh, the Indian culture from your parents saying no, you can't be lazy, you got to work, you can't take a day off, you can't. Yeah. I think it's both. I think because Singapore is made up of Indians, Chinese, and Malays. Yeah, can you give me a history lesson, man? Cause <laughs> all I know about Singapore is we'd stop over there on the way to Greece <laughs> when I was a kid. That's where Olympic Airways would fuel up the plane and we'd be back on the road. Olympic
2: Airways, that's awesome. Yeah, that's man. That's such like, a great...
0: We do, I don't know anything about Singapore. It's fucking yeah. daft of me. I know. It's no, a... that's
2: totally fine. Dude, when I first came here, when I told people I was from Singapore, first is they wouldn't believe me. <laughs> They're like, oh, yeah. but you, you know, basically you don't look Chinese. And then second, they're like, oh, yeah, Singapore. That's great. I've been to the airport. (laughs) Yes, literally. It's a
0: stopover. It's a fucking
2: pit stop. Definitely, definitely. So um, it's made up of Indians, Chinese and Malays, predominantly Chinese from China. Indians are like the second smallest percentage, I think. Okay. So it's like quite multicultural. And they're quite different in their cultures. But there's some similarities, like quite conservative, work really hard, you know, kind of racist in their own way. Yep. Hate, hate each other but also love each other kind of thing yep so i think it's a singaporean thing to work very hard because the way we grew up was like anything to do with arts leisure and all that's a joke you work hard you do sciences you know arts and crafts in school was the lesson to fuck around mm. close to exams they would just cancel recess and arts they would, no it's so would cancel pe and arts because they're like fuck you doing this for Fuck, so study just more maths, yeah. more science, and then stay back after school, and then go home and have tuition. um But yeah, that culture I think is just Asian in general. That the whole like yeah. work really hard, don't take leave. uh You know, why are you leaving the office before six? The boss is still here, even
0: though you're not doing shit. And that exists to this day, right? In Singapore, I think it's less, but yeah, it does. Mm. Right, so that's, a and, and has Singapore been a country for a couple hundred years? i got no no idea on the history. Like It used to be
2: like ages ago, hundreds of years ago, it was like a part of like the Hindu kingdom, which covered like Indonesia, Malaysia and all that. Yep. And then it was just kind of like a fishing village for a while. Really? And then the British came mm. and the guy was like, this place is sick. It was like in 18 something. They made it like some trading outpost of the British Empire. Got ya and then it was part of the british empire and then in world war 2 the japanese invaded mm. and i think why did they invade was it strategic uh yeah world war 2 they like they invaded like i think thailand malaysia myanmar and all that maybe not thailand and then they went down south to singapore yeah and the british had their guns all pointed in the wrong direction <laughs> they had it pointed south cuz they were like these guys are going to come on boats Meanwhile, the Japanese came down from the north through the causeway on bicycles.
0: On bikes? On
2: bicycles, yeah. And that actually Fuck. was like a life hack because they were like, oh, they're probably like eight days March away. Meanwhile, these guys are on like the BMX. They <laughs> 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 got there in two days and just gacked everyone.
0: Oh, that's hilarious. I didn't yeah, know that. Yeah. And
2: um, I think after Dunkirk or something, it was like the worst defeat in British history for World War II when Singapore fell to the Japanese. Right. And then the Japs were there for a few years. Uh, they left. And then, I don't know what happened for a few years. In 1965, finally became like independent country.
0: Yep. Yeah. And your parents moved there from India? Uh, yeah, my mom was
2: living. She grew up. Sort oh, she's of, sort of living all over. Living all over. And yep. then she got married to my dad. And then
0: they moved, finally settled in Singapore. Yeah. So you come here to Melbourne mm-hmm. and one of the first things you realize is how fucking relaxed and cool and comfortable we are in terms yeah. of, and how big the middle class is. Yes. There's dignity in work here. Yeah.
2: You can be like a, like a tradie. A tradie in Singapore is basically an imported construction worker from like a third world country being paid for a call. No safety, like
0: no vests or any of that shit here you can be a tradie and like have a house that's unheard of tradies will have more money than we'll ever have man yeah exactly yeah. The, with the housing boom especially yeah we call them cashed up bogans yes i love that yeah cashed up bogans yeah and um you know which other one i like which i didn't know joel pierce told me brickie's laptop Bricky's is a, laptop is the pokies <laughs> <laughs> i think that's great <laughs> Bricky's laptop a, a brickie's oh, laptop is a poker machine that's classic yeah because i I work at the pokies i see them coming in they're cashed up to the max they're dressed like shit they've got shit all over them yeah high viz but rolls of cash yeah you gotta love the high
2: viz yeah they love to wear it everywhere isn't it yeah it's 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 their thing the uniform yeah yeah i like a bit of high viz as well you do yeah i don't know what it is it's like you feel more butch you feel like people respect you Yeah, right. Because, you know, you don't want to walk around all stuffy in a suit. Not that I own a suit, but like, you know what I mean? You wear high-vis, you feel like... It's like I drive my brother's Jeep, and it's way too manly a car for me. But when I drive it, people give me way. With the high-vis. Yeah. And just, like, the Jeep is like my high-vis of cars. Yeah. (laughs) They look at me like, oh, this guy probably got chest hair or something. Yeah. And they give me way.
0: I get out of the way if I see a four-wheel drive yeah I don't, I don't play chicken because some of our roads are narrow here in brunswick so someone's yeah. got to yield it's a mexican standoff it's like yeah. you drive towards each other someone's got to yield i yield to the bigger cars yeah
2: know? i know is that driving here actually you got a f- few roads like that
0: well, yeah that's that's that's, that's brunswick It's yeah. old well, this used to be old factories so They were narrow mm. um so yeah going back to uh, uh what i said before so you get here and what age did you come to melbourne
2: i was 22. 2007. So
0: that's enough of a mind to ascertain what a big fucking difference it is to Singapore. Big time. So how lucky are we? Tell the fucking world how because I lived in the UK for ten years and my mates in the UK watch this podcast and they themselves, I kept telling them, there's (coughs) nothing sweeter than our backyards, our blue sky, Mm. our ability to just see a a vast sky. You don't see sky in the UK, especially across Europe as well. When I was travelling, gigging. Mm -hmm it's uh you take the blue sky for granted here
2: mm. no doubt i was gonna ask you about the uk yeah, um, ask, ask anything what else. so you did you gigged for 10 years in the uk yeah what was that like
0: it was brilliant yeah how do you I, who, I keep i keep saying to acts it's just versatile it makes you versatile it didn't make me funnier but it made me versatile <laughs> like yeah because it's like uh monday night you'll do a darts Show at a darts pub, mm-hmm. so it's very blokey, so you got to do some blokey material. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then, um, Sunday night, you'll be um, in, in a village doing like uh, a theater with silver foxes in the crowd and like an older audience, mm. so you got to be more creative with your material. And then on a Saturday, you'll do uh, a bucks party, and then and they're all within like 50 60 kilometers of each other, so it's just mm. varied gigs, unlike here where you've got. You've just got audiences in melbourne so you've got the comics lounge you can do your set there and then Mm -hmm. you can do the same set at king's and you can do the same set um pretty much any room Mm. the brunny but in england you've got to sort of look at the crowd and assess oh they're different here
2: yeah and was there a big like comedy club
0: scene yeah it's huge yeah that's why i went there you can work every night yeah a lot of people's i i worked there as an unknown comic and got paid a decent wage yeah i got by yeah you know i still had to like um look at the money i was making and budget but Mm -hmm. it was enough to get by yeah just doing stand-up that's amazing yeah yeah it was great and that's why i think it's harder to make it here in melbourne Mm. because the opportunities are so few and the clubs are so limited Mm. and the distances you have to travel to go to sydney and perth and brisbane Mm. to click all these clubs together to make money Mm. is very hard whereas in london um, a lot of comics would live in Birmingham. No, oh, that's where like all Indian people are. So, is yeah. it? There's fucking Indian people everywhere in England. No, they're fucking everywhere. Yeah, they're everywhere. Um, but there's co- it's like uh, this cultures just it's just a mixture, especially in London. Yeah. Um, but you as a comic, you live in Birmingham, and you're three hours by car away from every. Every single gig. The furthest gig is three hours away. Really? In the whole country? Pretty much. Wow. Scotland is the, the limit. Yeah. So from Birmingham, you can drive up to Liverpool, do a gig, come back. Liverpool's, oh, so. got, a, Liverpool's got a healthy circuit. Yeah. Then you drive to Manchester. Manchester's got a healthy circuit. Mm. London's got its own healthy circuit. Mm. Then East Country, West Country, they've all got their own healthy circuit. Mm. So that's where uh, I find it more difficult to make it here. Yep. because there's not a lot of clubs so you got to subsidize your income like I do with mm. a part-time pub job. Yeah. Whereas in England you can be unknown mm-hmm. and gig every night, make 100 pounds here, 80 pounds there, yep. 150 pounds there and it just adds up. Were you more happy here or there? In the beginning there. Yeah. But ultimately sadder because I missed family friends mm. and what Melbourne was. So we go full circle back to you. What was your difference? <laughs> You're very good. What you noticed between Melbourne and Singapore, Singapore. At, at 22 when you got here? Um,
2: I in, Well, initially for the first few months, I was like extremely homesick, but not because not I, I could have been in New York and been homesick. I just didn't have f- much friends and all that kind of stuff over here. But once I got used to it, the difference is, I think it's just a better life here. Honestly, I think it's a better life. Is there? There's less pressure. Oh my god! So much less pressure. Yeah, so much. You can pursue your. You guys take gap years. When I found that out, I couldn't fucking believe it. I met some guy in uni, and you know he was like, "Oh, took a gap year." I was like, "What's that?" It's fuck all. That's what gap
0: (laughs) means. It's fuck all. It was. I want to do nothing.
2: Yeah, he was like, "I went traveling for a year," and I was like, "How old are you?" Like, nineteen. I was like, "What? You traveled for a year?" And I was like, do your parents know? They were like, yeah, they encouraged me. I was like, what? Dude, in Singapore, your parents will beat you if you dare say any shit. Like, I want to just take a year off from what? High school. High school? Get the fuck into uni, man. Yeah. Like, a,
0: a gap, gap year is a wonderful experience to go and see the world mm-hmm. and realize how lucky we are mm. in, in Australia. I mean, you said Singapore was a derivative of... Uh, the Asian culture being work hard, you've got to mm. make money because they, they just come from impoverished conditions. Yeah. So it's go, go, go. The yep. same with my parents. They came from poverty from Greece and they're mm. like, just work, work, work. Yeah. Um, but we now, we can afford the luxury of having a gap year where we can go and see these other places in mm. the world and realize how lucky we are to fucking live in Australia when you see so much poverty mm. and how hard people have to work just to get a shitty minimum wage. Yeah, definitely, man.
2: Definitely, I, and I think, like, what Australians do really well. One is, like, the welfare system. Obviously, there's dull bludges, which annoys the fuck out of me. And we know a few of them in the comedy scene. Well, yeah. That, <laughs> chronically unemployed. And you think with all that time, you write a good set. But, um... <laughs> I gotta ease up on the hater rate. But, um... Yeah, like, you know, if something happens to you here medically, like, you're fine. If you're in the States, even, you're fucked, man. Yeah, you're gone. You're one major health incident from losing everything um there's a premium on uh you guys value free time like leisure there's a balance yeah but also like i realize that people actually died for that shit the eureka stockade the eight hour day
0: yeah i don't i don't know much
2: about <laughs> that man i just know it was something like people were getting fucked over that was in the gold fields right yeah yeah and then they were like i'm not gonna work 16 hours eight hours eight hours, eight hours play eight hours work eight hours yeah. sleep and, like, people die for that shit. And I really uh. appreciate that. Like, someone actually had to die for us to bitch and be like, ugh. I was at work for a full eight hours. Meanwhile, they're like, if you have an 18-hour day, they're like, oh, wow, that was light, you know. <laughs>
0: <laughs> but um, I think it's good, man. You guys have more of a balance. Yeah. As a comedian like myself, our dream is to, what, have a 20-minute day? Just <laughs> 20 minutes. Oh, min- big time, yeah. 20 minutes a-, a night, do a show, 20 minutes, get yeah. paid, go home. I hate normal work, like employment. I don't, yeah, I, I abandoned um, my career from like uh, when I got a degree in like f- economics and all that shit. And I, ab- I actually want to ask you about I that. I abandoned all that. So I work in a pub now part time yep. and I hang around um, <coughs> some interesting characters. Yeah. Uh, but as a comedian, I prefer colorful characters, man. Mm. I just, you know, I hate the suits. The beige people, the dead behind the eyes, you know? Yeah.
2: But when you say colourful people, though, what about the dysfunction? Because you keep that's your apartment really clean and like your life is very ordered. you got your shit yeah. together. Yeah. But then there's all this dysfunction. Like do you f- like for me, it's, it's, you know, like some people in the scene, they're like really fucked up. They got their drug issues or whatever. And like, man, that I feel like that could be me. And that's why I find it so disgusting. I can't be in, near that at all. Mm. Even though like maybe you might be funny I can hang out with you a little bit But I feel like I'm catching it <laughs> I'm catching fuck up
0: Right Yeah Do no, you ever feel that? No mm. I feel When I'm at work in the pokies And I see um, Junkies fighting over a deal gone bad <laughs> um, uh, Some addicts hallucinating That there are spiders crawling all over oh, them God. Or a blind man Who was Who plays regularly and he's like smash punching a machine saying Mm. it's not working. And when I told him he's hitting the cigarette machine, he apologized. (laughs) Right? These people don't, I don't become part of them. Mm. But having said that, I only work four days there. Mm. So, and I'd only do like 20 to 25 hours. So I'm in and out. And Mm. I treat it like David Attenborough, like it's from an anthropological (laughs) perspective. It's I'm very curious, yeah. And I'm a performer, mm. so I look and I take things that mm. I could use on stage. Yep. Um. As for my apartment, you're the third act that keeps, or the third guest that I've had here that keeps talking about how clean it is. I just like order, mm. and then when I'm on stage, I like to have chaos. Like mm. I, I want to like say shit and put a put my foot wrong and say, so maybe it's not going to be funny, but. The stage is where I can just cut loose and be really messy. Mm. And then off stage I like to be ordered and disciplined and listen back to a set and mm. ro- transcribe it and see where I think I can be funnier. I have a whiteboard with all my material written yeah, on it. So, yeah, You know, so... But yep. that makes me... Th- I feel like if I do <laughs> that, I can be way more chaotic on stage because mm. I've deserved it. I have the right to be really creative. Because I think creativity comes from a lack of order, from a lack of order, and, mm. you know, when you just throw it all up in the air and just go for it.
2: Yeah, it's like sort of lateral thinking, out you know, thinking yeah. outside the box and everything. Mm. Yeah, but I love your life. It's so you're like the samurai of the Melbourne comedy scene. Bullshit. <laughs> Who yeah. said that? You, I what, say I'm I don't, saying it. <laughs> what does that mean? It means you're very ordered. Yeah, it's, it's your house is very Japanese. And like I've is not it? seen a house this as soon as I entered like 3 seconds I was like I feel like I'm back in Tokyo. Are you serious? Yeah, for real, for real. Everything and it's like clean lines, you know, not too much shit. You know, how everyone always has we all have shit and our oh, you you won't know, no, but we have like shit. You know, some cunt will give you like a dolphin, like a dolphin paperweight. They yeah. went halfway around the world and the one souvenir they could find is the shit you could buy down the road. <laughs> yes. And now you got to keep this rubbish on your mantelpiece. No, piece. I don't keep it. Exactly. I like that. <laughs> Yeah, I, I think, think this is like the most probably most extravagant thing you have in your whole house. <laughs> <laughs> and it's probably a story you went to Africa and killed someone or something, and they gifted you. No, nah,
0: it just looks like it looks like a mix between a female and an alien. <laughs> <laughs> so I kind of like her. No doubt. And I just love the way she's. Um, I don't know. When I look at her, I think she's listening. Mm-hmm. Like she's inter- and I think that's what I want to try it that's what that's what i want to try and get out of this show i just want to have a nice flowing discussion See. unedited because i don't like to edit because mm. that way if you say something and i'm not interested i can tune off and i think that's disrespectful because i'll be like i could just edit this shit out later mm. true, i'm like no nah, that's not fair you yeah. gotta be on the pulse of it it's like a live gig yeah so yeah that's why i like
2: her see she- there's a there's a place and a purpose for everything <laughs> yeah. it isn't just some random shit you bought from target this means this is some deep shit There's like three layers to this.
0: Tell me about you. Are you clean? Do you have to have order? I wish I was, man. Are you messy?
2: I feel like I generally veer towards messy, but I really like clean. Like when I clean my room, I feel so good and like everything's in order. But then it kind of becomes a mess. I veer more to it.
0: Uh, Yeah, I think so. All right. Do you live alone? I struggle with it. No, I live with my mom, actually. Okay. Yeah. So, um, you've got your room and you keep your room clean without your mum telling you off or does your mum? Quite the opposite. Nah, she tells me off all the time about how
2: messy it is. Mm. And But you got to understand, like, her level of mess, like, she would come here and love it. But her level of mess is, like, you know, if there's something slightly out of place, she'll just murder the neighbours or something. Like, right. she's very, very, very high standards. Mm. So, like... If I have a couple of socks on the floor, that's like, I brought shame upon the family. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Have you uh, brought shame upon your family by pursuing stand-up comedy? <laughs> like, my, like my mother? Yeah. Who? Good question. I think um, our mothers are similar, man. Yeah. I think African mothers, Asian mothers, mm. WOG mothers from Italy, Spain, they're very similar. You mm. know, when well, I gigged in England for 10 years and on the way back from gigs at two in the morning driving on the freeway, um, it'll always be the African comics phone going off with their mum on the phone, <laughs> or you know never the Anglo-Saxon. Yeah, it'll be like, okay, see you in four days. Yeah, yeah. Good luck. Do you do you hug your your parents? Absolutely, not yeah. now with COVID. Yeah, I sort of like fist bump my mum, but really, well, I'm just cautious, man. Mm. Fuck if anything, because my mum won't take AstraZeneca. I knew it. <laughs> And everyone that's taken it, she'll ring them up and go, "How you feeling? Are you all right?" Yeah. And they're like, "Leave us alone, Amelia. We're fine. (laughs) Go and take the fucking vaccine for yourself."
2: Have you seen people who like shake hands with their dads? It's a very like Aussie thing. It's uh, it's too Aussie. I saw someone do it, and I was like, "What the fuck are you doing? It's your dad. Yeah, hug him." He's like, "Ah, "It's a bit gay." (laughs) No, it's it's not gay. I know. Like, I I hug my mom. We're very. You know, like normal family, we hug each other and all. And then I saw someone who, like, just shakes. Like the way he met his dad was the way I met his dad. And if it wasn't for the fact that I'm brown and he's white, you wouldn't know which one was the son. Yeah, right. I was like, that's mind blowing to me. Is yeah. your dad? When you're gonna hug him, man? When he's well, like on
0: the deathbed, hug him, <laughs> hug him, get in there. <laughs> no doubt. Yeah, I, I'm the same. I hug. I hug my dad. I hug <clears throat> my mom. Um, but that's one of the reasons why I came back after mm. ten years of gigging. I missed that. Um, that family, the yep. core family. So you've got your mum here. Yeah, I do. Does she? Um, is she uh, upset that you're doing stand up? Because my mum is. My mum doesn't understand what I'm doing. She's like, "Why did yeah. you leave a good paying job? Yep, to do this shit." <laughs> and she doesn't understand my jokes because her yeah. understanding of English can't go to those depths. Yeah. She's, so, but
2: has she has she come and seen you crush before? No. Yeah.
0: no nah, never. She never will.
2: Yeah, I said to come to Comics Which, Lounge one night And see you crush And she would be like Oh that's my son
0: I would like to Bring my mum to a gig But she, like I said The only thing is She'll come I'll come off stage And she'll be like What'd you swear for? <laughs> and what's that j- Joke about Usain Bolt That's disgusting <laughs>
2: Which he also like I, I feel like this is also Like an Asian parent thing No matter how well You do on stage they would be like Oh yeah it was good It was good You you can be the fucking man The headliner Crush, destroy And it would be like Good so how much you got paid for this?
0: Absolutely. <laughs>
2: how many nights? And they're just mentally trying to calculate the yearly wage versus what you left. And they're like, mm, I don't know if this is good.
0: Oh, yeah. <laughs> I could <laughs> ring my mum and go, hey, mum, I did a football club in July in the last <laughs> week. of. What did I get for that? She went, which one? Oh, the one in Muldura. Oh, you got <laughs> yeah. 300. Right. All right. Like yeah. so She always asks. The money? Yeah. Yeah, no doubt. Because it's, uh, she's coming from a place of fear. She had mm. nothing when she came here. She was a 19-year-old girl when she came to Australia. She had yeah. nothing at all. So she knows the only way to protect yourself is mm-hmm. to acquire assets and money. Definitely. So I totally get that. Yeah. yeah, that's where she's coming So I understand it. So I don't mm. I don't attack her on that front. Yeah. But what she needs to understand, but she never will, is that she's built such a life up that's afforded me a luxury of pursuing a creative passion. Yeah. And I think that's the that's the American dream in Australia. To it just is 100%. be fucking creative, man, and have a great life and and not you know just I have a I have a mortgage on this place, mm. and, and and that's about it. But I don't spend a lot of money, so I'm mm-hmm. very minimalistic, as you said before, mm. with yeah. my apartment. I don't overindulge in much shit. So yep. just do stand up and have fun. You're living the life, man.
2: You're living the dream. You seem very centered, which but I you're love.
0: living the dream too. Every time I see you, you're like. I'm sure everyone in the Melbourne comedy scene would back me up on this, but you're very you're you're a positive spirit in the circuit, right? <laughs> you're always holding a pint of beer. You're always you're always happy to see uh, us yep. as comics. Yep. Uh, you know, you're not a negative presence in the industry. Yeah,
2: that's very true. But also, I know like some people who know me will laugh because, yes, that's true on the on the on the on the surface, but there's also so much hate and anger underneath all of that.
0: We're comics We need that you have, Do you have that as well Do you have like
2: But see I feel like with you If you may allow me To make this observation Like, you cr- like you've like you been You know you've put in the mouth And you've got the skill And the talent And you do the work So like you've got the good gigs And all that rest The rest of us Are like And this is no excuse For being a bitch But they're, you know a lot of us are like, fuck, this guy got that gig. Why the fuck didn't I get that spot? Oh, that always happens. This yeah. cunt didn't reply. Are you fucking kidding me? You got this person on? Fuck you. you know, mm. Didn't I say hi to me at a gig? Like, I want your whole family dead. The kind of, do you
0: have that as well? Or are you very much like... I I do. I do. I do have that. Mm. But you've got to... Do like you really? You've got to channel it. How do you do that? I feel like this has become a therapy session. Well, yeah, (laughs) I think the best talk, some of the best talks are therapy. I think when I get angry about what (laughs) other comics are doing Mm -hmm. and if you don't have that feeling, I think you're lying to yourself because it's part and parcel. We're all essentially on a Formula One track racing, trying to get the best position we can for Mm -hmm. our career. I focus on myself again. I bring it in. So Mm. I look at my material, I analyze, am I swearing too much? Am I babbling on too much? Mm. Are there any words that I can remove from my set which are affecting my word economy? Less is more type of thing. Yep. So yeah, I think the anger goes outward to other acts. Like why aren't I getting these opportunities? Yep. But then I refocus and go, nah man, you just focus on what you need to do. Focus on your material. Focus on growing your act. When was the last time you wrote a joke? Yes. When was the last time... You, you know, you got a whole new bit out and then that will push me to go down to, um, Dirty Secrets or Brunny and just Mm. belt out a a, a new two minute bit. Even if it's like a minute or two minutes, anything, just something new that I could then like scratch at and try and grow. Yep. What do you do? I have been trying to do that actually
2: after years of...
0: Because how long have you been gigging?
2: I've been gigging in 19. I started in 2013. Twenty thirteen. So about eight years. But um <clears throat> yeah, what I try and do is then like what you said, take that energy and be like, you know what? It's out I do this thing where I tell myself, it's out of your control, right? You can't you can't choose who likes you, who doesn't like you, whatever. What you can do is be undeniable. Be good. Yeah. Smash. Just like do a good gig. Whatever happens, happens. And you know what, I've been doing this long enough to know like no matter what, every month, every week, every year, some cunt's not gonna book you for the thing that you want to get but then you'll get something else out of nowhere you never know just it's like there was someone who said you know incremental improvement is unstoppable just get a little bit better every day and you'll be fine that's it and And then but also i do have to go through that anger i've I've realized i'm just an angry person and that's fine but like i gotta digest
0: it and then let it come out into like who sees the anger we don't see it on the circuit. So who sees it? Is it your partner that sees the anger? Is it your mother <laughs> that sees it? Is it no, your bedroom no, no. wall that sees the anger? Who sees I think it? it's
2: the inside of my brain that sees the anger and a
0: few people who I
2: talk to about this. Yeah. And then but the interesting thing is they're also like people who are like, Yeah, fuck that guy You know, they, yeah. they reinforce that anger but they're also fairly they don't have victim mentality, which I think is a big difference. It's like, yeah, fuck this person but also like, whatever, man, just do your thing.
1: You know, whereas
2: victim mentality is the whole scene is against me and no one likes me because I'm so controversial and I'm real. And it's like, no, you're not. It's shit.
0: Yeah. That's but those right. acts, I don't bother saying that to them because yeah. they're so far deluded. You'll never oh, bring yeah. them back to reality. No doubt. I'm absolutely. like, if they actually think that, then I'm never going to pull them back. Yeah, absolutely. But you are you happy with your progress? Like, how long have you got now? Uh, no one's really happy with their mm. progr- progress, but. Like how long have you got now on stage material wise? And how are you feeling about where you're at?
2: Honestly, I would say I have like probably a good twenty, uh not bad twenty five. Um, I could stretch it out to like a shitty hour. Yeah. And but I wouldn't wanna put anyone through that. Um I think I'm progressing all right, like way better than the last few years. I'm a bit more serious about it now. I'm actually writing and trying to improve my shit and get better and cataloging all that stuff and adding it and try to have like you know an hour an hour's worth by next year hopefully yeah next year festival yeah
0: well that's that's uh that's what i've been doing lately as well like Mm. especially the i think what's changed for me in the last three years is (laughs) uh, zero online presence oh really well, I, was, I just wasn't online, and it took uh, it took the boys at the Comics Lounge at the start of the year to mm. just sort of put me in the office and go, you need to develop an online presence, dude. Mm. It's fucking, it's ridiculous. Like, you've got nothing, and it's true, I had nothing. No clips, no mm. no website, no real Facebook, th- anything. So I'm like, all right, I'll start a podcast. I'll start recording my gigs, chopping up bits and putting them online. Have you done that yet? The, yeah, it's the, in the process of yeah. it, but I had... I just was putting it in the back of my mind until last couple of years I realized stupidly, like a lot of people are like, oh, duh. But I Mm. just, I wasn't aware of the power of online presence. Yeah. Are you on social media much? Not really. Ah, Not not as much as I need to be.
2: But just in general, like outside of comedy, just for fun. No. Yeah. I think that's why. Yeah, no. Yeah. It's good, good though. Good for your mental health to not be. Very yeah. Social yeah. media is fucked. Can
0: be. That's why I like Instagram. It's from what I've worked out from social media. It's everyone's fucking innermost thoughts being vomited <laughs> constantly. Yeah. And it, it's akin to a madhouse. Yeah. There's no filter. So That's you're so, yeah. you're in a padded room hearing everyone's thoughts and it's yeah. It can do your head in.
2: And there's a lot of complaining. I mean, I I realize I've been complaining a lot, but. <laughs> There's a lot of complaining. Yeah. And then there's also, you know, like, everyone's just trying to flex, right? Trying to show, like, your vacation picture, where you're eating or drinking or whatever. Mm. And also a lot of it's like a celebration. Like, look at this awesome thing that I'm doing. Let's celebrate it. But, you know, if you're not in a good place mentally and you see someone having an awesome time and you're having the worst day of your life, Mm. that contrast will stick in you like a knife. And that's from one person. You multiply it by like 800 friends on Facebook. That's like a mental health hazard, man. <laughs> for real. Yeah, no <laughs> shit. You know, like they say people who've got depression and stuff. Mm. One of the things they do, tell you, go on an information light diet. You don't need to watch the news for two hours a day and take on the world's problems, man. You live in reservoir. Like, who cares? Yes. I do that. I don't watch. I glance at the headlines. That's it.
0: Before COVID, I was never watching the news. Hmm. But now since COVID, unfortunately, I've been putting it on just for case numbers only to ascertain, am I going to have a gig in two weeks? Yeah. Can I book this gig in two weeks or no? Nah, we've got three cases today. Oh, we're never going to open up. Yeah. And I hate that. But generally speaking, yeah, I hate the media because they appeal to the amygdala, which is your fear factor. Yeah. So they, they just fucking target your amygdala and say scary things to make you, you know, fight or fr- fight or flight. hundred percent. So if it bleeds, it leads. Mm hmm.
2: I actually, a couple of years ago, I, I literally went and looked up, like, is there a website that just has good news? Because I was sick and tired of just hearing horrendous yeah. shit. It's like doing my media degree, so you have to pay attention to the news, right? But oh, you've every- got a fucking media degree? Uh, yeah. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> so, but everything was just bad news. It's like politicians are corrupt and this thing's not getting built and, like, my key's over budget and blah, blah, blah. It's like, oh, my God, one thing after another. Is someone rescue, a cat up, a tree, anything good happen... Could
0: you find anything?
2: I found one website, but it was like a very ancient, very like MySpace-y kind of website where it's like very trite, uh, positive news. And I just kind of stopped watching the news. And um, my antidote to that would just be following people I admire on Instagram. Mm. Like if you follow like David Coggins or Joe Rogan or like Jocko and all these people who like get shit done. And their message is really positive. The message is sort your shit out life will take care of itself go work out go right go do these things enjoy your friends all that kind of shit i love it yeah rather than someone being like oh everything sucks
0: yeah i was some i think i remember i remember reading a quote from aristotle that said something along the lines of don't worry about the future there's nothing that a rational mind can't handle at any given moment mm-hmm. and i sort of like take stock in that and put my faith in that and think everything's gonna be all right I'm like, I'll, I'll be able to handle any situations that, that comes my way. Mm-hmm. Just don't panic. Don't put too much pressure on yourself. But my biggest demon is um, apart, getting rid of the media, I think, helped a lot. Uh, just, yep. just tuning it out. But also, yeah. as I don't know whether you get this as a performer, mm-hmm. um, but it's never good enough. I hear that voice a lot in my head. Yep. Um, that bit's not good enough to post. Um, yes. Don't post this interview. You need to edit it. So that's when I made another conscious decision that I'm just going to press record and then post everything. I'm not going to edit. Otherwise, I'll edit our interview down to three minutes because I'm like, (laughs) that's all I'm really happy with. (laughs) And you're fucked, man. You're putting these uh, unrealistic parameters on you and you you can't, it's too narrow. You can't grow, move and have fun. And of course, yeah, so now I'm trying to embrace imperfection more so than Mm. ever. Yeah. Do you hear this? Do you suffer the 100%, same? Hundred percent, man. Paralysis by analysis. Is that that can be my nickname? Yeah.
1: <laughs> that's
2: your fucking rap track. <laughs> that's my first diss track. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. If I, I I get. I have that bad. Like to the point where it's probably harming me. Because it has to be. Because you know you have. It has to be perfect. But it's not perfectionism. Um. I saw a psychologist one of many years ago, and she told me that's black and uh, There's all or nothing thinking. Because perfectionism seems to imply there's a perfect and that you're going to get this done well. Whereas it's really all or nothing thinking like if it's not the way I like it, it's never going to be done. And it's never going to be the way you like it. So nothing ever gets done. Like I've got so much footage of myself. I've got hours worth. Hours. I've not put one clip up since like 2018.
0: Oh, probably like 2016. Yeah. Well, how, how do you overcome that? Because I, I think we suffer from the same thing. Like mm. it took me... 18 years before i started posting stuff yeah 18 years man like and i'm talking like my stand-up clips and mm. this podcast it took me 18 years because I, I inhibited myself i was like it's not good enough mm. and then i was like it's never going to be good enough and then True. i started feeling you know publish or perish mm. and then i had this um realization that you're not out you're not out there to go and get a million fans are you what 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 do i want from this i'm like all right, it'd be nice to just have my stuff out there online and all I want is a, a, a in ten years time just have a few a few hundred people as a fan base that would come and visit you at a show and mm. or or a Patreon where a couple where all you need is like fifty people to give you a couple of dollars a month. Yeah. You know, and there's I something Patreon. forgot about that. You know, that. there's all these other avenues. Like it's and you're not gonna impress everyone. Mm. So it's that mentality that I had to shake as a performer because it's so counterintuitive to the process of stand-up when you get up on stage you want to crush what does crush mean make everyone in the room laugh yeah that's such a difficult thing to do but a lot of times good acts and i've seen you do it you get up and you just crush Mm. and then you come off stage and you're like oh I'll, i'll go online but going online you have the same thinking. I want everyone to love this clip. But no, you're going to get heaps of dislikes. But that's yes. the nature of that beast. Yeah. So you've got to distinguish the two and go, it's okay. I'm going to get a lot of dislikes online, but it doesn't matter. As long as I get a few followers as I'm going along, as I move through the years, mm-hmm. I just keep getting more subscribers. Yeah. Even if it's a trickle, it doesn't matter. Yeah. They're mine. They're my fans. They're used to my sayings. They're used to my ideas. You, know? you should be a comedy psychologist. <laughs> well, <laughs> but it's very no,
2: it's it's true. It's very wise. Mm. No, I'm not joking. You should be. It's well,
0: no, th- but this is just like, don't forget, like I'm also, <coughs> I haven't, I'm not cured. Like I'm still mm. struggling to, you know, put stuff online. Yeah, yeah. You know, and 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 I envy. Uh, people I, can just do it. Yeah. I envy people like Lewis Spears, who's who's built up a cult following. Right. yeah, true. You know, just by fucking putting himself out there. It's fantastic. It's interesting how he's done it the reverse way. Like, I can go to the lounge and, you know, do really well, knock on wood. Mm -hmm. And then he's like back engineered it. He's got the fans online and then got all those fans to come to the lounge. Is that what he does? Well, yeah. He just, because he's he's got such a good following now where, um, to his credit, he can just um, do a comedy show at any gig and sell tickets and they'll come. That's insane. That's like Dane Cook shit from ages ago. Yeah. Yeah. But it's it's inside all of us, I think. Yeah. Because there's someone for everyone out there. So someone will th- like you. Someone will subscribe, follow you. Do you think... So there's that self-critical
2: aspect, right? Where it's like, this has to be perfect before I put it up. It's not good enough, whatever. But do you think there's also that... I don't know if this is an Australian thing. I'm not... Because I'm not from here originally. But there's that I don't know if it's humility or like that not wanting to be boastful way like ah, I'm not gonna put my shit up there who the fuck am I, and like you know do you get that like you mean
0: tall poppy syndrome
2: yes exactly
0: yeah I have there's a bit of that
2: where there's that voice in my head and that voice is made up of like all my friends from Singapore and to, <laughs> to their credit they're actually fine and very supportive but there's just that voice of like just imagine like teachers when I was growing up or like peers. If you try and do anything artistic or anything kind of out there, you know, they're like, who the fuck are you? What nonsense is this? Shut up, shut up, sit down kind of thing. And I know it's bullshit. Logically, I know it's bullshit. But when you feel something, it's different. There's a part of me that's like, ugh. Even when I put up like a post about a show that I'm going to do like comedy festival thing, I don't just put it up going like, oh, sweet. I put it up like, ugh. There's a bit of me that's like, that's so
0: gross. But you have to, you yeah, have don't to, yeah, you? you have but to. that so to 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 just to follow that train of thought, mm-hmm. you feel gross when you put a post up oh, there advertising so a show you're about to do, yeah. right? It's normal. Mm-hmm. I think it's normal because I've spoken to other comics and I suffer from it, and other comics suffer from it. Um, but like, why do you do what you do? Like, why do you do stand up? Is it a pastime just to do stuff, or do you? Is it a deeper Enjoyment I think it started as a pastime um,
2: And then I got to really like it And then now You know if I can get If I get to gig often And do well And gig to like Large numbers Like I got to in the last festival I was got really lucky with that And then The voice inside me was like Oh shit Like you can actually fucking do this man You can actually be like a comic With a capital C And that, like, blew me away. If I could make a living from this one day, or, you know, it doesn't have to be a good living, if I can just do this, uh, like, fairly often and be happy and get a bit of money, I'll be so happy with it. That's, I think, what's driving me.
1: Mm. Yeah. So it's not, but
2: it's not so much the money or not having to have a day job. It's the, it's just fucking awesome, man, with that feeling when you can do, like, 5 minutes, 10 minutes, 20 or whatever, and then get people in the palm of your hand and it's a creative thing that you've cobbled together and improved over time and you can make them laugh and you're like fuck this worked and I used my brain to come up with that and like it made all these strangers laugh and it's like happiness like gigs are some of the best places it's happiness it's a happy factory you're not there to like exchange sad poems and snap fingers or whatever it's (laughs) you know it's like I was thinking last night I was at a gig and on the drive home I was like so happy I felt it was nice to see all my friends and it's like It was fun and, you know, people laugh and all that kind of stuff. You might have a few beers. And I was just thinking if this was any other creative outlet, if this was like, I don't know, life
0: drawing or like a poetry thing, can you imagine doing poetry every night? I'll kill myself. Well, yeah, you'd kill yourself or you'd write great poetry and have a whole (laughs) heap of dark friends around you. I know, that would make me want to kill myself. You make me want to kill myself, yeah. Um, So is it definitive? Does it define you in a way? Is it a massive component of who you are as a person?
2: I think being funny does, but comedy, no.
0: Yeah. 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 I've like always been... Go on, sorry. You've um, always been...
2: I've always been a funny guy um, in school. My teachers used to call me and always complain to my mom. One, very talkative. Two, very disruptive. because trying to make everyone laugh. Yeah. But I took issue with my teacher when I was in primary six. She called my mom and she called me the class clown. I was very offended by that. Why? Because that implies that I'm the butt of the joke. I'm a fool. Yeah. And everyone's laughing at me, which is so not the case. It was was a few of us, you know, tomfoolery, hijinks, right? Just cracking jokes. It's like shit, like when comics shit talk, just making everyone laugh. We were all being disruptive. Mm. But the impression she gave was like, everyone's just sitting down quietly doing their work like good Asian kids. And I'm over there waving my hands being a moron. And that's what I don't like. I'm not a fool. And I'm not stupid. Uh, I don't take myself too seriously. But I don't like that. I'm not the butt of the joke. Mm. That's a big chip on my shoulder that I have. Mm. So, like, being funny actually means... you got to be smart to be funny. Generally speaking. Absolutely. Even if you do foolish-looking stuff. Like, Mr. Bean, I think, is one of the most brilliant shows ever. It's very underrated. But it's physical comedy. There's no words. It's one of the funniest things you'll ever see. And it's
0: funny universally everywhere around the world there's no country that's banned mr bean i remember reading an article in the uk of the first person i can't forget his name i think it was eric Idle that Mm. witnessed rowan atkinson do the very first mr bean spot at an open mic comedy night Mm -hmm. many 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 years ago and he said he was watching something special yeah it was magic it's brilliant Um, it is it's but he's a Rowan Atkinson is like a, a, he's a beautiful mind. Like, he's a very intelligent human being. So. Yeah, he
2: went to like Oxford or something.
0: Yeah, he's very intelligent. So, yeah, to absolutely some of the best stand ups are very, yeah, when they make it look stupid, they're actually <clears throat> very clever people. Like, they're well, yeah, classic Monty Python. They mm. do some
2: ridiculous si- silliness, uh, but they're not fools. Mm. It takes intelligence to do that. So, you took offense when they called you a class clown, your when teacher? When my teacher framed me as the class clown. Because also, <laughs> it wasn't like she called a few of us, a few of our parents, and then, you know, you call the parents, that means like, you're going to get a hiding and come to school next day, all fucked up. But she kind of tweaked the narrative to make it look like everyone's just studying hard, and this Johal is just out there it's being the class clown. And I still, that still stings, man. That was like yeah. 20 something years ago. And I miss Jacobs, you bitch. <laughs>
0: <laughs> sorry i'm so bad on your show <laughs> <laughs> no it's good it's good to hear um because i, I she had, was also
2: wonderful in other ways may she rest in peace i don't know she might be alive who knows
0: i i went through my grade six report card mm-hmm. um which my mum kept in a photo album mm-hmm. and one of the comments was from my teacher was uh, john must not tease other children in the playground <laughs> <laughs> and yeah i was offended at that because i was like there was i wasn't trying to tease him Mm-hmm. I was trying to roast them <laughs> to to get laughs. Yeah. So right there and then at at, at, at in grade 6. How old is grade 6? Um fuck, I don't know. I'm not like mm. is I don't it like know 12, 13. Maybe. Okay. Not sure. Grade 6. But yeah, way back then I was trying to solicit laughter.
1: Mm.
0: Were your parents funny? Are they funny? My parents aren't funny, but they would always uh yeah neighbors would come i know from a very young age i knew where i wanted to go because mm-hmm. neighbors would come over and then as soon as they left i would I- imitate them in front of my oh, parents, really? and my parents would laugh and find it funny so that's mm. when i was like all right i like this this is what i can do nice interesting yeah so to go back to you i wasn't called a class clown but i was called yeah teasing other children mm. and i'm like i'm not really teasing i'm trying to get laughter Gross. so Busting balls. Busting balls, man. Yeah. I'm, just, I'm working. There was no circuit, so I'm just yeah. trying to create a gig. <laughs> <laughs> so do you write? Actually sit down and write? No, not really. Um, I used to
2: initially when I started.
0: Because I ask everyone that comes on the show how they write. No
2: doubt. I know. That's why I prepared for this. Because <laughs> I watched Matt O'Neill and someone else on the show, and I realized I have no clue, and then I thought about it very carefully. Everyone's got a process, yeah. even
0: if it's just subconscious. hmm daydreaming that's still writing oh 100 yeah so i
2: used to write it out verbatim and trying to remember it like a script but that kind of fell out of favor after a while so now my process is <coughs> if i think of something i'll get out my phone google docs mm. and just write like a couple of lines would be the premise and then i'll do something else and i'll have another line i'll kind of put that in and it's basically like you know how you have minutes of a meeting it will be like dot points
0: and that's the bit. Okay. And then you'll take it up on stage and you'll riff and try yeah. and follow that structure. Yep. Okay. Do you record the set? I record. And but then I've listened to maybe seven out of yeah, hundreds. You've got to you've got to suck it up and listen, <laughs> my friend. You've got to listen yeah, back. No we definitely, have
2: to. Definitely. It does actually really help because the seven times that I did it, it improved my material a lot.
0: Yeah, I reckon. It's so hard to do, man. Mm. It's so hard to listen back to your set. Mm-hmm. But what the only advice I have to make it easier, I do it while I'm playing PlayStation. Mm. Oh, really? Or washing the dishes or cleaning my apartment or um, just snoozing on the couch. I'll put my set on in the background. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I'll wow. just play PlayStation, drive a car around a track and then press pause if I hear something and I'm like, I'm, I'm using a lot of words there. I can cut that out. Yeah. Um, but yeah, and also say to myself, it's okay. You're the only one reliving this experience. It's every, it's, for some reason I had this feeling that every time I press play on a recording, everyone out there in the ether that listened <laughs> to the gig has to go through it again. Yeah. I'm like, it's not that way. This is private. It's secret. Yeah. Only I'm having this horrific, cringeworthy experience <laughs> of listening back to my shit with yeah. no one laughing.
2: Yeah. Man, even if someone laughs as well, like, the way I remember, like, i might like, what I think is Crush, and I listened to
0: it, I was like, that is not like that much laughter. Yes. you that... start thinking, am I mad? No, but you're, <laughs> you're coming back to reality. You're, yeah. you're, you're, there's no, because the, the, there's nothing worse than being a performer that comes off stage to death and mm-hmm. going, that was all right. The oh, crowd yeah. were a bit quiet, but fuck, I think I did well there. Yeah. I was like, well, you're fucking bananas. I'm not even going to talk to you.
2: Yeah, I never understood that. That's delusion, isn't it? Yeah. Straight up.
0: Straight up delusion. So by listening back to your set, you're canceling that delusion because you're bringing yourself back down to reality and you're listening going, actually, that wasn't that funny, but I reckon I can make it funny if I add this word or change that bit. Yeah. You know? Yeah, definitely.
2: And the few times that I did it, it made it a lot better. And sometimes, you know, you riff, you just have that weird random word, that comes out that's not going to come out while you're sitting down
0: in front of a desk it's it doesn't happen for me
2: yeah me neither
0: i don't know why i think there's there's no magic it's a vacuum i feel like normally the way
2: <clears throat> i come up with funny shit is like either i think about it or i'm just shooting the shit with friends and i'll say something ridiculous and then i'm kind of like oh shit that might be a bit. Just
0: grab the phone quickly write that premise yeah. and i'll go work on it later the closest gig to me is the brunny even when I'm not gigging, I'll go there and just watch. Mm. And that starts my creative juices bubbling away. Mm. And just watching all these acts with their great ideas that don't hit, mm. hit, miss. I think, oh, yeah, I could sort of see where they were going. And all of a sudden, it just I go back on my material. So it's that incubation period. Yeah. That's why I think if you've got nothing to do and you're not gigging anywhere, it's probably better to just go to a gig and sit up the back and just watch. Oh, yeah rather than go and see a trained professional i'd rather go see open mic because it's just loose and yeah just it's not correct it's not right it's just vomiting creativity left right and center and that just it's a brainstorm and that that just generates all this wild creativity inside me mm. but if i go see a professional like jamoan i'm seeing beautifully structured quality material and it's just making me sink deeper into my chair going i should give up yeah, yeah this yeah. is too good <laughs> <laughs> this <laughs> no motherfucker's good so do you ever do like
2: cross training for the mind
0: no nah. yeah what is that
2: so like like sudoku
0: yeah, so, yeah. Oh, so, really? I mean,
2: it could be, but it could be like, well, like one of the things I try and do is like, I'm like, okay, i got to make sure I read because, you know, your mind's got to be sharp. you got to be able to put together sentences and shit. I'm saying mm. shit on stage or right? I'm trying to write, so I should read. I don't know if it actually helps. Honestly, I think maybe just hanging out with my friends, having a drink and just making fun of their shirt probably is going to be a lot better than like Salman Rushdie's. <laughs> I'm reading Satanic <laughs> verses. And it's like wonderful, it's a creative work and all that. But like, I'm not gonna, like, I'll joke about how this cunt wrote a book and someone wanted to
0: murder him in a country where no one reads. Like, that's what I would say. Yeah, what did he, did you, did you read the Satanic Verses? I'm halfway through it, yeah. You're halfway through it. Yeah. What compelled you to read it? Just um, to... I bought it at a, like, an op shop for like six bucks. Really? And it was
2: super banned in Singapore. Like, a lot of stuff was banned. And I was like, fuck, I gotta read this. See what the fuss is about. And I like him as a writer anyway. I like his stuff. Um, he does like magic
0: realism which is uh, is interesting shit to me so this was, about yeah what does he uh, what's his gripe what does he do in satanic verses does he basically diss on islam um he doesn't actually he he kind of
2: mentions because
0: iran wanted him dead right yeah the shah wanted to kill him
2: um he, he he mentioned some kind of like foundational story that happened in islam kind of refers to it in the book but changes it a little bit changes some of the names and i think one of the names for the prophet that he used is like considered insulting but it's like an
0: allegory right whatever he's not directly he's kind of it's just off axis yeah exactly but it's enough for the iranians to go we know what you're doing motherfucker it's enough for people no one actually read the book
2: everyone is just it's kind of like oh you mentioned this person you said this word it must be offensive so that's off with his head but it had nothing to do with that. You know what I mean? It's like in the, it's like if someone read Da Vinci Code and you're like, oh shit, kill this guy. And I'm sure a lot of people were like that. So it's not insulting to the Islam faith? I mean, if you're someone who's like a fundamentalist, you'll get insulted by every little thing. Yeah. But to like a rational person, it isn't. Mm. It's not. And then, but you know, people just take it the wrong way. Is he attacking Shiites or Sunnis or? No, no, no. Not at all. Yeah. He's got a, It's about like two dudes who are kind of like... One is like an angel, one's like a devil. And they kind of mimic this archetypal... Like the archangel Gabriel, which has been in Islam and Christianity, I think. But they're like just dudes who are like actors in real life, blah, blah, blah. They have their little trajectory. One of them starts growing horns and turning into the devil or something. So magic realism. So it's like magical shit happens, but they're kind of like, yeah, that's just it. And then there's other parts in the book where talks about sort of like when islam was founded kind of mm. like the mythology around it
0: right so it sounds like he's defiling islam I mean, can and then that that if you're an extremist oh yeah 100%. not extremist but if you're like if you love islam and this the the quran it's like any sort of
2: oh yeah any you can't even mention yeah certain names you know what i mean yeah yeah you can't you know how you can't draw certain people yeah yeah like you can't draw the prophet or whatever no you can't draw
0: muhammad yeah that's well charlie hebdo Exactly. And they're still fucking doing shit like that. They're yeah. crazy.
2: Those guys are nuts, man.
0: Nuts. But,
2: um, yeah, so I thought reading satanic verses would help. Nice. I mean... Anything I to... for a vocabulary. Yeah, I guess so. You know, I used to be really into, like, English. <laughs> As in, like, in high school. Um, So when I went to national service, I brought my thesaurus to camp. Really? I was so into, because I was, like, mad studying for the exams, right, A-levels. And like English was my favorite subject. And I had to get, my aim was to get like the best grade, which I got. And then all I would do is I live, breathe and shit and eat English, especially. So I would read stuff. One of the questions, they have like five questions, which are, you find a synonym for the word. So like frightened, and it has to be like, you either explain it or you find another word for it. So if someone said frightened, you can say like terrorized or, you know, aghast or whatever. So I would have a thesaurus, and I would just read it for fun. I'll think of a word, uh, like terror. I was like, what's, what's another word for terror? And also because like, we're doing um gothic literature, and for the essays, you have to use the word frightened a lot. Like, this character was scared, frightened, and then it's like, there's only so many times you can say it. What's another mm-hmm. word? Terrified, modified, blah, blah, blah. I would just scare. read it for fun. <laughs>
0: yeah, shit scared. Well, you... We, was this because you... All along, were you, were, was your passion for English uh, in the fact that you one day wanted to become a comedian and you wanted to move to another country where English was the predominant language, so you wanted to have a good understanding of the, these tools so you can create good jokes? No, not at all. Not when at I all? Was,
2: no. When I was like 18 or 19, I fell in love with literature and my dream was to do a literature degree. Really? Because three years of reading all those books and studying it to me was like it's like getting paid to do what you like. I was Damn like, I can't man. believe I get to do a degree where I read this shit for three years. I didn't know what I wanted to do after that. But after high school you have to go to national service for two years and within six months I was like, fuck these books, man. Really? <laughs> <laughs> the dumbest shit ever. Fuck that.
0: What's one of the hardcore books you've read in terms of English literature? For me, it's uh Tolstoy, War and Peace. Fuck. I actually, I a, read that in wow. Brisbane when I was doing a week at the sit-down comedy store. Holy shit. You read yeah.
2: that outside of school, like just for fun?
0: Just, I wanted to read it. Wow. I'm like, I want to read the biggest, fattest fucking book. And I knew Tolstoy, War and Peace was like, because at yeah. the day someone insulted me saying, uh you talk too much. It's War and Peace. You're yeah. all War and Peace. And I didn't know what that meant. Yeah. And then I, wow.
2: War, what is it good for? You know, the Seinfeld gag. Yeah.
0: <laughs> um how was it did you like it it was beautiful yeah it was fucking beautiful it was uh yeah it started with napoleon's push into moscow mm-hmm. and how he was winning campaigns and how he got confident and how the russians fucked him by burning moscow and leaving oh so it's based on like real events yeah into oh, wow. into inter- uh yeah interwoven yeah and then there's a love story happening <laughs> off um with this young ballet dancer I'll forget her name and She was marrying one of the czars. Yeah, man, it was... Was Tolstoy Greek? Russian.
2: Okay. Oh, yeah, the Russians write intense books.
0: Yeah. Crime and Punishment. Yeah, they're hardcore. Yeah. 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 I don't think they can do, like, um... Yeah, Disney, like, um... (laughs) Like Jumanji.
2: (laughs) We don't do this stupid shit. If a Russian wrote, like, a children's book, all the kids would die at the end. It would be parents sent to a gulag. <laughs> Three little pigs be like tried for crimes against the state <laughs> and hung. <laughs> oh,
0: man. Well, for sure, man. What makes those motherfuckers so fucking dark? Is it? I think it's the climate. Yeah, I think it's the cold. It's the climate and the I, honestly, you do and the asshole political system mm. that underpins them. Yeah, it's just a horrible political system yeah. since day one. I think in Russia you
2: can't be not a hard person. Man or woman, you have to be hard as nails.
0: Hard as fuck. You get eaten alive, man. Absolutely. In World War Two, they didn't have enough guns, so they distributed guns and ammunition to every second person. And as you oh dropped, you would find a gun. As oh, if you got shit. shot, your bullets would become available for another soldier. Oh my god! They lost like fifty million people. They Jesus. were lemmings. They just fucking because they had such a big population. But yeah, they. they wow cold
2: and that's just in the psyche that's that's in there like you know someone would have known
0: someone whose cousin brother uncle just got killed in like several wars yeah and you contrast you contrast russia to greece where i'm from that's what's Mm -hmm. in my blood we grew up uh well you know we've got the greek islands life is good Mm. so what did we do in greece we got loans to buy jet skis and we couldn't pay them off (laughs) and and the whole country collapsed (laughs) like the biggest fuck-up they made in Europe was when when the European Union became one, mm-hmm. Greece was given a triple A credit. Yeah. And before that, Greece had a horrible track uh, credit rating. Yeah. But once you join the European Union, they rub off your old credit score and give you A triple plus, which is Europe's. So we were allowed to borrow money. So the banks in Greece just borrowed money. Yeah. And they gave it to all these fucking Greeks who bought jet skis, Porsches, really? celebrated summer. And then when it was time to call the loans in, we couldn't the country collapsed that's why we were broke as fuck oh really that's I, that's I, yeah. pretty much Greece's economic <laughs> catastrophe <laughs> in layman's terms whittled down yeah for uh, in two two sentences Damn. it's fun
2: though it's like it's like that irresponsible dude who gets the pokies winning and just like fuck the rent let's just get smack
0: yeah. But I wanted to talk about Indian culture because I find mm-hmm. that fascinating because a couple of people I work with at the <laughs> pub, they're Indian. Yep. And what fascinates me is like the, there's this wonderful girl I work with. And because um, she's, she, just, she was born in India. She lived in India all her life. She's so fucking straight down and narrow. Mm-hmm. And she'd be like, John, in India, you would be too old. The only way for you to get young, beautiful woman is to have money. Yeah, 100%. She's like, it's different, and she's like, um, we have caste systems, yeah, and yeah. So like, internally in India, you guys are discriminatory as fuck. Oh yeah, Indian people are some of the most racist people on earth, man. But in a wonderful, I fucking love it. <laughs> I fucking love it. Do you? Know, are there four castes? Do you know? Oh, dude, there's hundreds. Oh, aren't it, they and- bracketed in four? Uh, the da- are, are the dalits the lowest do you know yeah that's the untouchables isn't it
2: I'm, I'm like getting all this knowledge secondhand from my mom
0: i heard that uh the brahmians i'm not the brahmians yeah but that's they're like
2: top amongst the hindus though so okay. like if someone's like a muslim to them brahmin ain't shit. okay yeah i think and and to like Sikhs, which are my people we're not supposed to have a caste that's why everyone's called singh because they take away any kind of identifying surname like i'm not supposed to have johal because johal your, your cast will kind of give a hint as to your, your sorry your your surname your Surname will give a hint as to your cast so like you know the brand bose
0: the speaker brand
2: yeah yeah oh is this bose
0: uh that one isn't but this one is yeah bose oh you got the nice one okay yeah. that's <laughs> even better that's like from the radio
2: studio when i oh, left yeah um yeah, so Bose, that dude, he's like Chandrasekhar Bose or something. Bose is like fam- famous, that last name. They're like rich people.
0: So Bose is an Indian name? Bose, yeah, Bose. I fucking is. had no idea. Yeah, it's It sounds, name. I thought it was like Scandinavian. No, no, it's an Indian name.
2: And then like, there's certain names. So like, you know, that's, it's like a Rockefeller might be, you know, you know, that's a rich family. It's, so to a smaller extent, your last name kind of gives away your caste. your economic position. So like Sikhs you're not supposed to have a last name that's why every Sikh person is something Singh something Singh Singh is everyone's last name or you're a Kaur K A U R that's it
0: but Sikhs have caste system unofficially you do yeah, yeah you can't discriminatory fuck man yeah. very so is uh what Sikh for dummies
2: yeah <coughs> the religion that sort of started around like 1500s 1400s and it came out as like a rebellion towards sort of hindus and muslims they're like we're not a fan of all that shit. we're going to start our own thing and it was a very militant race because they always kind of had to fight against (laughs) hindus and muslims essentially and then uh, yeah now it's just like a religion what's the is the religion um, buddha no they follow so there's like 10 gurus the 10 teachers they were like these 10 dudes are are they gods they're
0: sort of like semi-gods so they were real. They were mortal. They were mortal. like sort Real of people. People who were around, yeah. But when they died, they became deities. I mean, they sort of worshipped like like deities, like saints, I guess. Okay, so there's yeah. 10 of them. 10 of them. And each one has a, like one is for love, one is for Oh, now. no,
2: each one just, one came after another and each one just did stuff. So the first one was like, I think they wanted to get him to wear the black thread that means you're a Hindu, I think. Mm-hmm. And then he was like, fuck that thread. I'm not about that. And he's like, I don't need religion, blah, blah, blah. And then the second guy, like, added on the third guy. I can't remember what they did. Probably some good stuff. And the last guy was, like, the badass. He was the warrior. He had the, the weapons and he fought, like, a bunch of people and they killed a whole bunch of people. And then he started, he was like, this is what you got to do. You got to have the 5Ks and you got to, like, that's why you have long hair. mm you gotta have the five K's, do all this shit, and then you're a Sikh, and there's only one God, and you can, you
0: know, eat uh, pork. I th- <laughs> I'm gonna say <laughs> you can eat pork. That's the trade off. <laughs> uh, are they, is that the Punjab? Are yeah, they- so Sikhs
2: are mainly
0: from Punjab. Punjab, from wherever, that yeah. region. Yeah, okay. Yeah. But there's also
2: Muslims that are yeah, mainly Sikhs are from there.
0: Yeah, I think, um, also, another thing I found about the Indians—they remind me of old Greece and old Italy in mm-hmm. terms of my chef, who's uh, a, a wonderful human being. Mm-hmm. He's uh, 25, mm-hmm. and he can't wait for COVID to end so he can go home and meet his wife. Oh yeah, who hasn't he hasn't met her yet? But the family have picked her. Yep. Um, just like the Greeks, like when my mum, um, they were just—it was all arranged. Oh really? Yeah, way well, yeah. You guys do that too? Yeah, we had or arranged marriages back then. Wow, this is the f- I've never knew that. Yeah, one of my aunties came out here to meet a guy, mm-hmm. and um, he lied in his photo. He sent her a photo <laughs> when he was like twenty, but he was really like sixty. Holy shit! Yeah, it's a big said, lie, massive. So she said, "Fuck you! I'm not going to marry you." So she just. Moved into Brunswick in a flat around the corner Mm -hmm. and visited a local milk bar where there was an Aussie kid at 22 years of age that fell in love with her. Mm. And she said, I'll stay with you. And that's why we all stayed in Brunswick. And the rest of us came out from Greece and then had dances where we paired up. Our parents met at specific dances Mm -hmm. and they helped them pair off. Wow. Mm. I had no idea that arranged marriage was like, it's not an Indian only thing. It was a cold it was a cold unwelcoming place australia when my mum came out here in the in the uh, uh, 60s yeah. and 70s there, there was a lot of discriminatory discrimination yeah. the wogs weren't welcome you know um, yeah i always find that fascinating yeah well there was a, there was a gang born in brunswick called the lebanese tigers and they yeah. were born in the 70s and it was a group of lebanese mm-hmm. plus greeks italians all ganging up mm-hmm. against the australians that were bashing all the immigrants coming Holy in shit, to brunswick they were bashing them. Yeah, well, yeah, absolutely. Jesus. Because, you know... That's you know, so crazy. Yeah, different world. Yeah. But it, it just repeats in cycles. That's why it's all fucking right. stupid. Tribalism, isn't it's, it? It's fucking all stupid. Like, there's a new wave now, and it's probably the Sudanese that are copying it. And yeah. then, you know... Um, I'm sure in 30 years, it's going to be another culture that's going to cop it. Who yeah, because when not the,
2: the Vietnamese? I'm sure they had some issues as well. Yeah, absolutely. And, and like, I don't know, whoever else... The Indians don't seem <laughs> Indians seem to have escape, escaped the whole thing though.
0: Yeah, <laughs> I wonder why. Um, who knows? But um, yeah, it's interesting. I think uh, that's Australia. Hmm. I think it's just uh, Australia reminds me of watching someone set that hasn't worked out yet, but it's coming together. It's such a great line, you know. Like this country, it's still defining itself. Yeah, know? true got to say sorry for its past and it's got to look forward to what it's going to become, you know. Australia does feel kind of new. Very fucking new, man. Mm. 200 years, mm-hmm. right? Look at America. Although
2: if you say that in like certain parts of inner city Melbourne, they'd be like, you can't say that. It's been around for 50,000
0: years. But you know what we
2: mean. Yeah,
0: I'm talking about like post.
2: Yeah. Do you ever, I, you know what I admire about you? You say leb in your set and then, which is fine, and it gets, like, a great laugh, and I don't give a fuck, you know, but, like, man, with Melbourne comedy, there's so much, like, woke horse shit. Yeah. And then, like, some people kind of get into trouble. They don't really, but online... I, you know, that's a good thing, that yeah. you're not on Facebook, because some of the shit you see people just going on for days about nothing, and it's like, go write a set instead of just getting professionally offended every second day.
0: Yeah, if anyone's got a problem, they come up to me. I mean, I... Do you ever... Has you ever got any shit... Grandview. Always, always, really? absolutely. Okay. I mean, I was at Fairfield, Dave O'Neill's gig. Yeah, Grandview. Grandview, I did Grandview. Yeah. And um, it's um the pubs owned by a Lebanese family. Oh. And I did my Lebo joke. Mm-hmm. And at the bar, uh, she came up to me, she goes, you know, um, you know, I'm Lebo. And I'm like, yeah, but you know, when I say Lebo, I'm talking about those fucking Lebo's, you know, yeah. the ones that are on ice, the cooked <laughs> ones. She's like, yeah, I know what you mean. Yeah. Because we grew up with Lebanese yep. in as neighbours, and yeah, there's a difference between Lebanese and Libos. Yep, that's the distinction I'm trying yep. to uh, not make, but it's a it's an assumption I'm making. Yeah, so that's yep. how I get away with it.
2: I love it because like you know when you do that bit, it's a great joke, and like we all know what you mean. You know what I mean? There's yeah. No, but you know, like some people, they just wanna get offended. They just hear the word and they're like, all right, this is what you mean. You said that word, which ties into this. Mm. If you say "faggot" or something, that means therefore you mean this. Doesn't matter if you, you weren't using any hate, and I feel like you're so
0: fearless, man. You've got like, and you do like the retard voice. You yeah, know the
2: one about the kid, with the
0: bicycle. Yeah, I do. Well, see what happened to me once I, I had. When I did, yeah, like you can't. When you do mushrooms, you go so <laughs> deep inside your psyche. And I remember, when I was on a mushroom trip. I had nothing but love for everyone and everything. Mm -hmm. And I'm not talking about love in terms of (coughs) possessing it like a partner, having Mm -hmm. a partner, that sort of love. I mean like unequivocal love of everything that we're all connected somehow, that we all came from a massive explosion 14 billion years ago from a single infinite point in space-time to all this now. Mm -hmm. There is a connection. There are... The atoms that make me up and make you up, make the table, the chairs, we're all made of the same particles. If we were to open a pantry, the universe is flour, eggs, water. That's what we are. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, I'm going to say on stage whatever the fuck I want because I know deep down inside, I've searched myself. Yeah. There's no hatred. Yeah. But if I had a profound mushroom experience and had a voice in my head like Hitler's going, (laughs) fuck the black people, (laughs) then I'd be really concerned. Yeah but I have nothing but love for everyone and everything. Yeah. So, and also that, I think that comes across also live and let live, like let, let people be like, mm. you know, I, I, I don't know about you, but stand up comics where some of the most liberal, open-minded people you will ever meet. Yeah. Because we're exposed to so many different ideas on stage yeah. and different people as well. Mm-hmm. So I get a buzz When I go to family functions and I hear, um, family members, cousins, friends, just not understand trans people and diss on them. (laughs) And I start laughing like, what have they got to do with your fucking existence? Yeah. Like, what are you afraid of? Yeah. And I push the envelope just to see what's in their head, how Mm. they're tuned. Yeah why why so much aggression towards someone that's different to you no doubt
2: i think also like we're so liberal that when when you meet someone who's like crazy or doesn't believe in like i don't know the moon landing or something we just don't really give a fuck it's like oh that's just kind of funny like everything is through the lens of like that's funny you don't take shit seriously like i don't really care
0: yeah one of my old the pub where i worked at the, not the head chef, the other chef, the sous chef. It's called the sous chef, one below. Mm-hmm. Uh, she reckons that, um, yes, it's flat. And there's oh, no my s- God. Yeah. <laughs> and and there's no such thing as space. Wow. Yeah. Space So I'm fucking pouring beers, and one of my managers comes up to me. She goes, you know, I won't mention her name. She goes, you know, blah, blah, blah in the kitchen. I'm like, yeah. She's like, she doesn't believe in space, and she thinks the earth is flat. And I'm like, holy fuck i've hit the jackpot so i'm like i poured the beer and i went straight into the kitchen and i'm like tell me she's like well how do you know how do you fucking know have you been to outer space oh, man, i went, awesome, no have you been to italy she said no well how do you know fucking italy's not there she's like Just get fucked i don't i'm trying to get into their head because i'm yeah. very interested in yeah i think as comedians we're always exploring mm. we always want to I think it's as a comic and as a human being you should always be pushing people um as to the why mm-hmm. you know
2: but you don't get emotionally invested i get don't angry. get yeah.
0: sometimes i do but i try and back away yeah like i read mein kampf mm. to work out why hitler hated the jews yep. you know like that sort of under like i want to know why he just fucking wanted to kill so many of them Did just get it from dimmux So.
1: Yeah, <laughs> just don't have it on Elston, public Wick. transport. It doesn't look good on public <laughs> transport, shit. especially a shaved around. head like yeah. me. <laughs> walking around with mind comp, yeah. Holy
0: shit, uh, not a good idea uh, to uh, yeah read it with a baseball cap <laughs> and a <laughs> rainbow scarf and just call it research. Oh man, it's something you live in Brunswick
2: as well. It's like the most unmind comfy, yeah,
0: <laughs> suburb. But yeah, that was. Uh, yeah he came from angry he came from an angry place he was angry man you the, the chef? This is no, chef Hitler
2: oh him yeah yeah he, he was quite angry as he, well.
0: <laughs> he came from anger and it's like before you know how we talked about how we had all this you, we we have anger as comics about other comics and what they're doing oh, and how yeah, come I'm true. not on that gig well yeah it's just like that can go that can that mm. anger can um, become exponential if you don't channel it into something else like your work. And producer that's so true, man. You know, and that's what fucking Hitler did because I hate him so much. I just fuck. But rather than just, yeah,
2: that's actually a really interesting point because at the end of the day, like, it would have come from a deep, deep sense of dissatisfaction and anger, right? He wouldn't have kept going in that way. Like, he wouldn't have. He could have just been a dictator who's like, all right, let's. Aut- the autobahn is a great idea. Let's yep. just make other cool shit. Cool and shit, Germany would yeah. just be awesome. Like, all the Scandinavian countries are just, like, chilled out places. Mm. No one in Sweden is like, let's take over Denmark, you know?
0: No. I think they, they were Vikings, right? But... I, I think, think they got they it out of this. system. They got right? it out of They <laughs> system. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. like, oh, the we've Vikings. done enough raping for a few thousand <laughs> years now. <laughs> let's <laughs> Took enough there. shit from the British. Now we're yeah. all
2: rich. We've got IKEA. Like, <laughs> we've got meatballs. Who needs anything else? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. You know, apparently the... Vikings used to get on mushrooms and go berserk, like yeah. the berserkers. I find that so crazy, man. I can barely look
0: at my phone when I'm on mushrooms. Absolutely, How do I you just kill someone. Yeah, I would approach if I was on mushrooms in a battlefield. I'd put my gun down and try and hug him. Or try and do something poetic like an interpretive dance by putting a flower in the barrel mm. and like <laughs> raising it up and go we can and then a bullet would go through my fucking brains i reckon <laughs> like it's the last thing i want to do and, and especially like in vietnam where soldiers in the jungle were doing mar- marijuana mm. like i couldn't imagine a more profound paranoia experience oh my God, yeah. than being stoned in the jungle with the Viet Cong coming up from underground mm. shooting at you like fuck that yeah do you know hitler's troops were on amphetamines yeah, yeah. definitely the blitzkrieg yeah because the poles couldn't stop them yeah. and the poles were like retreating over yeah. six days and they were like these cunts aren't resting yeah what the fuck's going on they're having no time out no smokers, nothing <laughs> it's because they were on um yeah fucking crazy man they were burning the glass barbie yeah in, no in the panzer
2: see you can be a meth addict and be productive <laughs> <laughs> just join the army
0: they, they could have the, the poles. Unfortunately, all they had to do was put up some cash converters <laughs> as they were retreating, <laughs> <laughs> and the Nazis oh, man. would have sold their tanks and trucks again. Do
2: you ever just walk into cash converters and you can just feel the junky energy? Like even though none of them are in there, you're like this is not a happy. This is not happy transactions. <laughs> yeah, you know to quote uh, Louis C like whatever comic this is where dreams come to die yeah man <laughs> this is like cash converters you look around you see the souls of objects yeah that... this is just like you look at it that's like four lives destroyed yeah that man that toaster was the last thing he saw before he killed himself like it's not a good energy
0: yeah where are you at life mm-hmm. if you take a toaster to cash converters <laughs> <laughs> like, seriously it's done I feel like there's such extremes it could on the one hand be
2: like your life is absolutely shit you've lost everything or you could just be like a uni student moving and like I'm just gonna not gonna have bread anymore true true yeah <laughs> it's
0: so extreme <laughs> yeah I'm celiac I'm selling my toaster yeah man. man it
2: could be like you know I've had enough playstation I wanna write some more done or it could be I stole my son's playstation
0: and like this is gonna be my last hit yeah, but chances are, yeah, if those objects could talk, that'd be horrific tales. Oh my god, yeah, just pain. So I, I um, yeah, I'm I'm touch wood. It's not, um, I can just yeah, just I just do. Uh, I'm not out of control with uh, a drug habit. You know, mm. thank fuck I don't spiral like some of my friends. Is, do you have a vice? Like, some of my friends, we started oh, yeah. gambling and and they couldn't stop. And I'm like, what are you doing? Like, you go, n- like, they've got multis on all the time. They've mm. got their TAB out. And I'm like, fuck. And I'm like, thank God. Mm. I just haven't fallen into that trap. Yeah. I think alcohol is my only is vice. It really? Well, yeah. Like, if when do I'm. You get, a- do you get gacked? What I just g- learned that word and I'm using it so much. Is gacked pissed? Uh, I
2: well, think it's, it's more than pissed. It's like when you get so just drunk and messy i think it just
0: sounds you know just gacked that's part <laughs> of our australian culture i mean when i went to when <laughs> i went to a, it is really. it's part of our culture when i went to greece my greek cousins were like you guys drink too much and i'm like this is fucking australia bitch yeah. this is how we roll uh we're binges you are and it's so acceptable and that's why it's kind of like in
2: singapore there's like the stereotype where the indians drink the most so the indians drink the chinese gamble and the malay people take drugs that's just, do the Malay people take drugs it's apparently like a, that's, that's, really? that's the stereotype like if you read a news article this is gonna get me into so much trouble if anyone watches it but if you read a news article if there's like a drug thing it's usually a Malay dude <laughs> <laughs> if there's a gambling issue 100% Chinese, Chinese even yeah. the ones
0: here in Crown it's always some Asian dude well man we've got private jets that bring it here <laughs> exactly we fucking want
2: dude, them Chinese people love a gamble one of my best friends right, is a Chinese dude from Singapore Derek and when he came to Melbourne Years ago, five days in, I brought him out every day. Different bar, you know, restaurants, Yarra Valley, everything. That's like, ah, all right. He could not shut up about Crown. Every day he's like, let's go to Crown, let's go to Crown. Finally, I was like, fuck, all right, let's go to
0: Crown. Because gambling's banned in China. You can't gamble anywhere. What, really? Yeah, you can't gamble in China. There's no casinos. Oh, that's why everyone goes to Macau. Yes. Ah, that makes sense. Why do they love gambling they so love much? They love it, man. He loved it, dude. He do you went, know why?
2: I don't know. It's part big of their question culture. to answer. I think, like in Singapore, like Chinese people generally, they love a gamble. They love like the mahjong and the thing with the money, and they play. They're pool, very superstitious. Money is a big part of the culture as well. Yeah,
0: and superstition, like number eight. <laughs> yeah, eight's lucky. Yeah. Four's really bad. Yes, they'll they'll find they'll seek out machines at mm. my work with with eight. Yeah, lucky eighty-eight. No doubt. You know, our po- some of the, ga- the, the games it's themselves are targeted towards, they would never admit that, but fuck off. They're targeted towards <laughs> the Asians.
2: 100%. I'm not sure if this is deliberate. I think it is. Like, Penfolds, bin 8, bin 88, they sell so much better with the Asian market. Wow. You know, I work in a bottle shop. Anything like the Penfolds, bin 138, if the 136 is better, it doesn't matter. 138 is what someone would buy. You're going to give someone a gift. You give him, You give bin eight. You give the luck. Yeah, even if it's a fifty-dollar bottle, you can buy it for like six hundred because it's got eight. Why is the eight? I think there's something in the Chinese n- numerical system where ah, eight's lucky. Right. And then four. I know why four is considered bad luck because the the word for four sounds very close to the word for death. Right. So they don't like it.
0: Interesting. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Whereas like Indian people don't really give a shit. Like just drink.
0: <laughs> yeah, Indians like the alcohol.
2: Yeah. I know that's my advice. My it's so stereotypical as well.
0: This girl I dated um, ran a bar in the city, and when they'd, ha- they'd have Indian nights, and it was um, that's a bad idea. Heavy on the whiskey. <laughs> yeah, black label. Black label and oh, yeah. green. Oh, really? Which is my f- one of my favorite yeah. blends. Yep. Um, but yeah, yeah, whiskies. They love their whiskies.
2: They do. Mm. One of my um, <coughs> my sister's best friend used to be a flight attendant. And then she would always ask her, why is it after A air India flight, you go to duty-free and black label is just sold out? She's like, why do Indian people like it? And I have no idea. I don't know what it is.
0: Because it's one better than red? you got to go one up?
2: Is one up, but also it's not too expensive. You know, 50 bucks a bottle, you get fucked up. Yeah. But it's not shit. And I don't know, maybe it's an Indian macho thing where it's like, yeah, black label. Red's for pussies.
0: Yeah. Is, um... A bit off topic, but can you? I didn't have, never asked you about like a partner. Do you have a partner, a girlfriend? No, you don't. No. Um, if you would, you are you? Is your mum like pressuring you for like? Oh, a, to get married for a good Indian girl? Nah. Or? Well, no. My mum's really modern, and she doesn't. That's really give good. A shit. My grandma
2: does, though. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, but my grandma's old, so she hasn't got long to go. So she won't be <laughs> nagging you for too much longer. <laughs> That's kinda of all she says, It's like when you know, when, when is he gonna get married? It's like give it a break, man. They won't. They're yeah. fucking
0: broken records, man.
2: And it's not gonna solve shit. Mm. It's gonna make my life worse probably. Probably. Yeah.
0: If you think so, then
2: it will. Because <laughs> you, if you will don't make to happen. Yeah, if you don't wanna get married and someone keeps telling you to get married and if you do it, it's probably not a good thing. You're screwed. Yeah. Do you wanna get married? Uh not
0: particularly,
2: but I'm not anti it. Like if it happens, it happens.
0: It's very easy to be single if you're a stand-up. It's nice mm. and simple. It's a no good doubt. life. You work, you come home, you prepare your set, you go out, you do your gig. Mm. It's good. It's a good life. I like it. No doubt. Um, I've been talking for heaps, man. <laughs> I should let you go. Sure thing. Um, Thanks for having me. This was grouse. Pleasure. Anytime. Thanks, man. Thanks, brother. See you, Gary. See you, bruh.